Hello, stop mo. Hello, stop mo. Welcome to Hello, Stop Mo, an educational limited series created and hosted by me, Alexis Dupre, and me, Casey Folan. We are here to empower you with introductory knowledge of the stop motion industry to help reduce barriers of entry for newcomers, as well as demystify how to navigate this career. This podcast is made in partnership with Animation Wildcard and the Ink and Paint Folk podcast. Huzzah! Hello, stop mo. Hello, stop mo. Today on Hello, Stop Mo, we're wrapping up our pipeline deep dive conversation with the post-production phase and discussing production management roles. Speaking of VFX and post, that is also like a pretty big part of stop motion just in terms of like cleanup and rig removal, because really like, you know, there's a lot of support things that happen while we're on stages that have to get left in the shot. So then eventually they have to get painted out. There are also some limitations for like how much art you can make or how many puppets you can make. So there are, you know, components where you might be duplicating things or putting multiple passes together. So there's like a lot of fun layering that can happen in VFX to really sell a shot. So when Lex was talking about layering, usually that would fall on a compositor in the VFX or post department. And those words are kind of interchangeable in stop motion and other animation pipeline posts can mean a lot of different things. But, you know, compositing would fall under VFX for us as well. The initial stage of layering is usually rig removal and mm-hmm. cleanup. Those can kind of be one in the same, just depending. Sometimes cleanup, if you are working on more of a refined production, you're looking for, you know, little hairs that might be in the shot or little, you know, things that mm-hmm. create chatter, which is just unwanted movement. Or you have your rigs, which is like a wire in the shot that you want removed because... It's not supposed to be there. Yeah, It takes you out of the performance of, of whatever's happening on screen. And there's also, a lot of times we'll shoot on you know, a chroma stage or um, maybe a green screen is the best equivalent. So you can kind of change the color depending on (laughs) what's required. But a lot of times it's green. We also do this thing called front light backlight, which is a um, map pass. It's a map pass. Yeah, that's the simplest way to put it. It's instead of having a green background, you are playing with the light and dark channels of your image to pull a key. And what you're doing is you're backlighting your subject and you're flooding the background with light so it's bright white. So you have a black subject on a white background and therefore can mat past that very quickly. Yeah, you're creating a silhouette in a second, what we call a second exposure. So that's part of, you know, launching a shot for camera and lighting is if you know, you take one picture in full color and you can see everything. The beauty pass. Yeah. Then you take a second picture. Nothing's moved, but all the lighting has changed. And that's programmed by the camera and lighting department. And so you go on to the next frame and then everything's in full color again and you can see everybody. And then it happens again. And on and on and on. And on and on and on. on, on. (laughs) (laughs) You can have lots of exposures, but, you know, hopefully not too many. But yeah, compositing is like the layering of the final image and and of those different exposures. And if there's any special effects that VFX is responsible for or is incorporating from effects passes done in stop motion, those can also be applied. So it's really just like putting everything together in one shot now. 
and making them look right together. Yeah, and it translates quite a bit from 2D and 3D pipelines. For for sure, it's just the different... Uh, how do I say it without saying different passes? Um, mm, maybe just different elements? Yeah, you're Is combining you everything. Yeah. You're combining everything to make it look yeah. the way you want. Um, but Lex was talking about elements. Um, also, some VFX pipelines and stop motion will have CG elements or CG artists. And... They can be doing, you know, a digital set extension if you're in like a really wide, expansive world that, um, you know, you built the midground and foreground, but to get a very expansive space, you are doing a digital set extension. Right. That could be CG or it could be a matte painting also. It could be a matte painting or you could composite a what we would call a mini, which is a miniature miniature (laughs) (laughs) it's like the tiniest version of the things we build yeah yeah it's just a different scale nested within the scale that's best for your character performance and yeah i mean other things can be cg certain effects you know are maybe stylistically better to achieve that way versus in stop motion it's just a choice i think notably on some feature films i think both at aardman and at leica they have put in cg background characters and the heroic characters are in stop motion. So I think there can also be, you know, some crossover there where it's like the things that aren't seen as much can be CG in a stop motion pipeline. When Lex is heroic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Explain. So that's known as like a hero character. And that's just somebody who is important to the story and shows up a lot. And is like the main point of focus. So those are your heroes. Could also be a prop. Yes. They're important. They have a lot of screen time. Whereas, you know, things happening in the background um, would not be a hero. And, you know, maybe, you know, don't get seen in as much detail. So they might not need as much time to make. Exactly. Or could be CG if you are working on a production like that. (laughs) Right. I mean, I think CG would be a little crazy on like an episodic to do that with but it would still you know you could probably generate more characters at once and do more i'm not going to speak to that but you know what i mean yeah it's it's tough like crowd scenes and stop motion are asking a lot of an animator it is yeah so it's just something to think about if it's important to achieve for your story how you go about it Mm -hmm. um it's an interesting one you could do you know multiple stop motion passes so you maybe you animate four puppets at a time Mm -hmm. and then you do, you know, you shoot them in a way that you can separate them from the background and easily, you know, layer them. So things to think about. But yeah, I mean, I think you're going back to your editors. And once you get all those things done and you get your, you know, your final shots out of VFX, you are splicing all the shots together and doing your final edit. Yeah. And a lot of times we shoot like handles. So we shoot 10 frames. More more frames mm-hmm. um, than, you know, the initial cut points of the animatic, just so there, there is a little bit of room for the director to be creative with the cut points later. And so your editor will be compiling that and then working closely with the director just to make sure that... The timing. You know, maybe maybe a shot needs to go a little longer to finish a character's performance. And that's where you'll be putting that all together. And then it's just polishing, which is like in your audio mix and your color correction. And then you should have a finished piece. Yeah, it should be finished piece. Yeah, polishing, quality control, which in a lot of animation (laughs) pipelines they call a QC. And, you know, hopefully that's where you're not, you're not finding anything big at that point. You're pretty much done. You're just looking for for little things that, you know, might have been missed. And then you get to go to the rap party. Party, party. 
Hello, stop, mo. Hello, stop, mo. Wow, I think we did so that's it. That's it. We did it. I hope you all learned a lot. Uh, I hope it wasn't too overwhelming. Who knew there was so much to talk about? There's quite a lot happening in this pipeline. But, you know, how amazing would it have been to know all of this before getting into stop motion? I mean, yeah, it would have been kind of nice because then you kind of can see for yourself like, oh, I think I might fit into this area a little better because these are the things that I like. And, oh, there's actually a role for that. Because also there's a wide range of support systems in this as well that are both creative and non-creative. And sometimes you just like to be around a creative process that specifically you're really interested in, but you don't necessarily want to be a part of as a creative and you want to be a support person for that. So that would also be really nice to know. Actually, that's a good point that we didn't talk about is (laughs) these quote unquote like non-creative roles that are also there Mm -hmm. that I did not learn about before pursuing a career in animation. And now I am one of those roles most of the time as a um, production manager. So those are more of the admin people personally i would not refer to them as non-creative roles because they're extremely creative in terms of how they solve the problem but they're not the like forefront creative i guess you're you're not in an artist position there you go and when i say i wouldn't say it that way it's just because so many people do say it that way sure (laughs) and that's like i can change it i can change it. no 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 it's not you no no but i i would like to future society we will change it and i think it's good that we talked about it honestly like i have been you know in interviews before where for you know quote-unquote non-creative roles and it's like oh no no you're too creative you know oh yeah and that's also kind of rude because it is really helpful to know that you know and understand the process and you can be creative because it doesn't mean you aren't it just means you don't want to be in this specific role yeah what I would call them is more management roles more administrative roles they're hands-off artistically not that you can't function that way as a person of who you are it's just not what your job is at that time but you are doing a lot of creative problem solving so 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 much and so some of those roles you know take on the forms of a producer there are different types of producers but that's usually the people kind of at the top of production so that can be an executive producer that can be a line producer money um, which is usually the money person (laughs) that's the most direct translation of it obviously you'll absorb a lot of responsibilities as a line producer because you want to make sure things happen on budget right and that's what it is when you're a money person you're kind of seeing how the time tallies out in most cases Mm -hmm. And what that costs. And what it costs. And and you're making it so that people can get hired, so that the film can get made. It's a wonderful job. It's it is. A hard, and it's a hard job. A lot rests on your shoulders to make sure that, you know, you're running a marathon with like, you know, maybe a small team, maybe a really, really big team. And you need to make sure that your team has all the resources it needs to get to the end. And a lot of times resources is money and time. And they're interchangeable. Money is time. Money is time, yes. I also think that a good line producer knows how to communicate a challenge with possible solutions based on the money too, you know, and that might, you know, come from they're really good at getting their leads to communicate those things to them so that they can communicate those to the director and help the director make a hard decision. But, you know, this is where you – you really start to decide what your priorities are. Yeah, and having a, an experienced 
line producer. I think I think that's where that comes from, and and knowing what the right questions are to ask as mm-hmm. far as scope and and uh, working with your directors just to make sure that you know this can be the best thing it can be and it can actually get done. It comes with time and, and experience for sure. And then there are a multitude of production support under there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes there will be an associate producer, which is different than a line producer. <laughs> <laughs> It depends. It depends what other roles that you have. So if you have an associate producer, they can absorb, you know, producer like tasks that are not being done by the line producer and are not being done by your production manager. It's the best way I can describe it. (laughs) Good. (laughs) I hope that's helpful. Yes. And then your and and I just say that because like producer can absorb so many responsibilities and it's hard to define not knowing what project you're talking about. I've always, well, until I actually started working in stop motion or just this industry in general, I had no idea what a producer did because it was so, I don't know, confusing from an outside perspective, but really they just, they facilitate absolutely everything. Yeah. They make sure everybody has what they need. And help you make hard decisions, you know, Mm -hmm. because they can see like the bird's eye perspective always. They can see in the future and the past. They have like a. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they they do. I mean, not that they can see the future, but they can. Uh, They can see the patterns, I would say. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely strong on knowing what the patterns are in case they're like, well, it's been four weeks of doing this thing, so it's probably going to be four more weeks of this thing, and that means we're going to be over budget by two weeks. And you're like, mm-hmm. uh-oh. Uh-oh. So either you get it done or that, you know, has to come out somewhere else. So Right. Big, hard decisions. <sighs> right. And then, so getting to your production manager, I see that person as the day-to-day person, mm-hmm. your day-to-day manager, and they're overseeing all the different departments. They usually are not department-specific. And they are doing a lot of communicating. They're in a lot of meetings. They're making, again, making sure everybody has what they need. (laughs) Right. But I also think of them as the person who is taking the schedule that maybe the associate producer has made and this like big picture priority list from the producer team and they are actualizing it. So they're breaking it down. They're disseminating Mm. it day by day. And then they're also, you know, taking in a bunch of information from these departments and, and seeing where we're at. And, you know, advocating for the departments, but also advocating for the schedule. Ooh, hard job. Such a hard job. They're all, they're all kind of hard, though. I know. But, like, nice, you know. Like, if you like them, they're good. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, I mean, beyond that, you'll have your supervisors, which we talked about a lot of the supervisors already. But maybe you could have, like, a pre-production supervisor, or, you know. By supervisor, who do you mean, Casey? Just specifically because we I don't think we actually use the word supervisor you know there are not a lot of supervisors on the shows that I've had but that is a translation from other types of animation so if you're on a bigger production you'll have another layer of management that would be supervisors gotcha before coordinators but if you're on a smaller production you might not have supervisors and then below the production manager would just be just the coordinators um, yeah okay That's more familiar to me. Yeah, yeah. It's something that I've learned just because I have worked on some like more mixed media shows and Sure, yeah, that makes sense. There's more supervisors. (laughs) Got it, got it. Okay. Like sometimes you'll have a department supervisors in every department and then that supervisor has their coordinator and then 
that supervisor also has their PAs. So it just depends on the scope of your team. Okay. I didn't know that. So thanks. These roles all change. There's so many other other roles, but they're not stop motion specific. So I don't I don't know how much we need to talk about them. Um, but there's, you know, a legal department usually or a legal go-to person. There's, you know, your accounting team, production accountants are huge. This is true. They're very, very important. There's IT, which makes sure everything works right. Yes. Hopefully you have an IT department. Hopefully you have HR, human resources. Yes. Also, hopefully. And operations. So operations are really big. It's like about the facility. Yeah. So they do the facility. They help manage the space that you're working in, but also um, help you get the materials that you need. If you need physical materials locally, hopefully you have an operations department that can have people with lovely trucks mm-hmm. that can go get the things. Runners. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Runners. That's another another word for an operations PA is a runner. And I think that that is a, a live action carryover as well. So hopefully they're not actually running. Okay. I think we've I think we've actually made it to the end now for real. I think. Yeah. It's the real the end. The real the end the end. The end I'm the glad end. we talked about production though because now I, I, I did feel bad that we didn't actually include them in the pipeline. But they are a huge part of the pipeline. Well, that's the thing. They're like the – They're um, overarching – they're the pipe. They, oh, all right. Yeah, that's true. They contain all of it. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they always there. and control all of it. That makes sense. <laughs> Our analogies are On point. Gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. Uh, all right. We have a lot of self-love in this episode. <laughs> just, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> oh, we should be more deprecating in the next one. Okay. Noted. We'll work on it. (laughs) Okay. Well, I think that wraps up our uh, pipeline discussion deep dive. Um, So I hope, uh, you know, you all have learned something and have um, a better understanding of of all the different roles that um, make up a stop motion production. And if you're confused, there will also probably. Yeah. Yeah. um, Look out for. um, Resources. A resource. A resource in our show notes, as the podcasters (gasps) say. Wow. We're so legit. (laughs) In our next episode, we'll be chatting with our friend and stop-motion history buff, Seamus Walsh. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Educational Limited Series, Hello Stop-Mo, made in partnership with Animation Wildcard and the Ink and Paint Folk podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for any additional resources mentioned in this episode. And please subscribe, rate, and review to help us reach more listeners. Thanks to Ellen Coons and Lee Young for the music in this episode. This series is created and hosted by me, Alexis Dupre. And me, Casey Folan. And produced by me, Cassie Soliday. To learn more about the people behind this podcast, find us online. You can find me, Casey Folan, at CatalystCastleStudios.com or at CatalystCastleStudios on Instagram. You can find me, Alexis Dupre, at Threadwood.com or at underscore Threadwood on Instagram and at Threadwood on TikTok. And you can find me, Cassie Soliday, at Cassassi.com or at Cassie Soliday on Instagram and Twitter. You can find out more about the partners behind this podcast at AnimationWildcard.com and at AnimationWildcard on Instagram and YouTube. And the Ink and Paint Folk podcast is wherever you listen to podcasts and at Ink and Paint Folk on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Hello Stopmo. Bye. Bye. Hello Stop. Hello, stop mouth.